I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of Living Faith Bible Institute's The Postscript Shorts, where we interview students from the school and give you a glimpse into their lives about what God's doing, uh, what God's teaching them, how God's using them in the ministry in their local church, and uh, how God's made them to be missional within the communities that they live in and serve. And so uh, we've really enjoyed these episodes. They've been really profitable. Uh, People keep telling us time and time again that that they really enjoy uh, hearing from the students. And so with that, I want to introduce you to a student uh, that means a lot to me. Um, I've I've known him since he was in high school. Uh, We go way, way back. And uh, it's a real blessing to be sitting here and, and giving him an opportunity to share what God's done in his life. And so with that, I want to introduce you to Alex Allen of Midtown Baptist Temple. What's up, man? Welcome, welcome to the show. Alex is uh, very involved in the college and young adult ministry. And so, uh, man, just give us a little bit of a, a glimpse into or a snapshot of what you're doing in ministry right now and also about your family. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I've been at Midtown for about 10 years. I'm responsible for facilitating or overseeing all of the Bible studies in our college ministry. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be the best way to say yeah, it. Yeah, that's, a good, that's okay. a good way to put it. Yeah. Which is actually a big task. Right, yeah. That's why it's hard for me to give it one. Yeah. yeah. There's not, I guess we haven't given it a title. Mm-mm. But that's a, busy, that's a busy job. It is, Tell yeah. us why that's busy. It does require a lot of my time uh, in terms of uh, I meet with... Um, one to two Bible studies a month, sometimes three, depending mm-hmm. on the month. And I just go over um, really what Bible study should look like. Uh, and I take that time to just re-envision the group and uh, encourage the the younger believers that are a part of the Bible study to take ownership of the Bible mm-hmm. studies. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways uh, in which uh, younger believers, no matter where you're at, can... Uh, still be involved and own it. We use that term a lot, uh, own ministry. Mm-hmm. I think for people who are kind of in an in-between stage, it's hard for them to really understand, like, how can I do that? I'm yeah. not the Bible study leader or anybody really, you know. And so praying for the Bible study, uh, you know, evangelizing, uh, investing in uh, your brothers or sisters that are in the Bible study with you, yeah. uh, getting to know the new people that are coming in, um, just a lot of things that... Um, over time, we can easily push that responsibility onto the Bible study leader and say, well, that's not really my job. You know, they, they've got that. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want. We want every member a minister. Involved. Yeah, and, and, involved. Involved. Yeah. and so uh, it's been really uh, fruitful and, and a great time uh, as involved as it is, because it, it does also include, you know, counseling. You know, I'm meeting with Bible study leaders and just going over counseling issues and... Um, yeah, yeah. Help, I, and I also uh, help uh, uh, facilitate the splits that we are uh, doing, and we're, we're trying to uh, divide and conquer among right. the city. We want to have as many Bible studies in Kansas City and the surrounding areas as possible. And so when we see uh, leaders rising up in the Bible study, I want to help identify that and to help the Bible study leader uh, know how to appropriately invest in that person so that mm-hmm. they can go and make a Bible study uh, on their own. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a really important role. I mean, I think we've started just over the last two months, four or f- four or five yeah. new Bible studies, mm-hmm. and Alex has been—you've been a huge help in terms of of 
helping us keep the health of the Bible studies right, mm -hmm. but also envisioning Bible study leaders and training and, and making sure that, that people are growing the way that they, they should. And so that's been, that's been awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah, also, you uh, lead in temple worship. Yep. So you are a, a worship minister here mm -hmm. at uh, Midtown Baptist Temple. Yeah, I, I've been a part of that ministry uh, for uh, most of my time here at Midtown mm -hmm. uh, pretty quickly. Um, maybe about two years in to being at Midtown is when I started. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe less than that. Um, I started by just playing drums, uh, and I didn't play drums at the time. You learned it. I learned how to play yeah. the drums because we needed a drummer. Yeah. And um, it was just on one tom. And uh, eventually Uriah, our uh, other one of our other worship leaders, challenged me. He's like, dude, you should just learn how to play the whole drum set. Right. I was like, okay. And like cool. 7,000 YouTube videos later... Yeah, I did watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I hung out with Mike Kinnicutt, our you know main mm -hmm. praise team drummer, who's one of the best drummers I've ever seen in real life, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, took some tips from him. And yeah, and then as I as we moved forward, I was challenged to sing more and and progress in my guitar playing skills and stuff. And mm -hmm. so I can I can get by. I can worship. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's been a real blessing, uh, especially with the recordings and songwriting and things like that that Temple Worship does. Now, tell us about your family, because you have a wonderful wife and a yeah. beautiful little girl. Mm -hmm. Tell us about them. Yeah, Amanda, uh, my wife, is amazing. Um, we've been married for six years. Um, we have a beautiful little two-year-old. She's actually in the other room right now mm -hmm. uh, watching a movie and uh, having fun. Um, it's been... Great. Uh, it's been an amazing thing to be able to grow with my wife spiritually. Uh, we've been planted in this body for, you know, the, the tenure of our relationship. And um, it's been just incredible to see how God's grown us as a couple and individually. Mm -hmm. uh, and then now we have a daughter that we've we've learned so much from everybody here, all the parents that have invested in us so that we are, as we're, you know, becoming parents and you know, settling into that role, um, it's really nice to to have those examples so yeah. we know how to do that. I don't know yeah. how people do that without a good either. example in their life. They're winging it. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back in in time, mm -hmm. if we can. And then ha have you share with us your testimony of childhood up into the the point of your salvation, discipleship, and and the growth. You know, long before you were ever a Bible study leader. Uh, what were you? What were you doing? What was your life like? And, and tell us how you got to where you're at. As a as a kid growing up, my parents uh, they're believers, amazing. Uh, they they love the Lord, and uh, that was a staple of our house was that Jesus is Lord, and mm -hmm. and um, uh, so I was never far from the truth. However, I never took hold of the truth um, for myself. I just see my parents' relationship with with Christ, and I, you know, count that as hopefully good for myself. Mm. That, that that was good enough. And uh, you know, as a kid, you just get freaked out. Sometimes you're just like, God, I'm sorry, I cussed. I don't want to mm -hmm. go to hell. You know, and yeah. and that was pretty much like where it stayed. And I, I never wavered whether or not God existed. I never went through that phase. I never really took the Bible serious. I never. I wasn't discipled. Uh, you know, even as a, a kid, you know, we use that word discipled and I think we only think of like adults, but I think that, you know, we have a great example of our student ministry, how they take kids under their wing and, 
intentionally invest the word of God into them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing. I'm super thankful for that ministry. Um, And so I think uh, I missed out a little bit on that and mostly due to my own you know, lack of interest or rebellion and yeah. whatnot. And so in youth group, you weren't like stoked about that. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. Um, we tried to get out of it. Mm-hmm. One time my brother and I tried so hard to get out of going to youth group that we, um, covered our whole bodies in Vicks, uh, vapor <laughs> spread or whatever, you know, just so that we were like, it was so obnoxious that my mom would, we thought my mom would be like, Oh, now you can't go to church, but she, they just, they made us go to church Smell with, with that on? Like lathered in Vicks, yeah. Disgusting. It was awful. And then we were embarrassed. It was awful. Yeah, you guys smelled, smelled like a medicine cabinet mm-hmm. while you were at church. Mm-hmm. And we like, I think we purposely like dressed really bad. And my mom, <laughs> thinking, I don't know what we were thinking that my mom was just She like, wasn't playing with you. No, she was so just you like, go. you got to go. So um, that's kind of, that was my heart as, as a kid. Uh, just there was more fun things to do. You know, and me and my group of friends would just, we had a lot of fun. We just run around, do stuff. And the, mm-hmm. and the idea of my eternity was not really at the forefront of my mind. And so um, I pretty much just did that. And then going into high school, um, sophomore year of high school, um, I uh, started dating a girl. She was a foreign exchange student. Mm-hmm. And um, so our friend groups melded together. Uh, so we had one kind of big friend group. Uh, and honestly, we were all still pretty just like normal kids, pretty uh, innocent in, you know, a sense, you know, mm-hmm. as time went on. That's actually when I met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school when I had you as a teacher. Yeah. So now I'm older than you were when I when met you. you. That's wild. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's that's pretty well. Yeah, yeah. But you were in my foundations of drawing class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this relationship with this with this girl obviously didn't work out. I was uh, a boy and um, uh, didn't even think about the fact that she'd have to move back to where she came from because uh, she was a foreign exchange student. Yeah, um, and so uh, my heart was ripped out of my chest. It was awful. I thought my world was over. Mm. And uh, prior to that, I I had. You know, like I said, we were generally good kids. We had, you know, dabbled with a little bit of, you know, smoking cigarettes here and there, mm-hmm. stealing beer or something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, um, but once that relationship ended, I kind of made it a goal of mine to try as many drugs as I could. And so that really just set me on a path of, again, I never doubted whether or not God existed. I just had my own things to do. Mm-hmm. And this was just a way of coping. And uh, so I, I really took hold of that and went for it as hard as I could. As I got older, the consequences got more and more serious. And, uh, you know, the summer after I graduated, I ended up uh, running into some legal troubles uh, mm-hmm. because of my decisions. And it was really, really eye opening. But it still wasn't enough to like turn me to Christ, right? It was just shocking that I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, like this could happen to me. I was invited to be uh, a, a, like a staff, like a temporary staff member at a uh, church camp uh, out in the scene, Kansas. And um, I was actually invited by a girl that was a part of our friend, our big friend group. And so she saw that you were a wreck. Oh yeah. Everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of other things going on as well where I, you know, I had, I 
made I severed some friendships. Purely yeah, based I mean, on I remember. So the thing about Alex in high school was that he was a, a kind of a clown, but super enjoyable. And I saw I saw a transformation in you from sophomore year to senior year, where it, it was still you, but it was darker. Yeah, like it wasn't as easy to converse with you. You felt more distant. But when you got in trouble, it's like something had to change. Something yeah. something had snapped, and you were like, okay, if I don't make a change now, you know. But you didn't really know what that change was. No, I had been arrested. If I can be candid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't. I'm not embarrassed about that. I sure, think that's just part of my testimony. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, a friend of ours picked us up, and it's funny. This almost this whole group of guys that I got arrested with are all saved now. Wow. It's pretty incredible and all separate, just mm. kind of just incredible. Even the guy that came and picked us up from jail wow. is pretty cool. But I remember sitting in the car and just thinking, my life is over. And I, I remember saying to the guys, guys, I got to get right with Jesus. Because I, I knew it was still in the back of my head. I just didn't know mm-hmm. where to go from there. Yeah. And so still just aimless. I quickly kind of fell back into the same routine of stuff uh, after the, the shock and fear wore off from that. Uh, and then I did um, end up going to this church camp. And, uh, You're like a groundskeeper or something no, like that? No, that was, so that's part of it. Yeah, no, so I was actually just teen staff, whatever they called it. And uh, I think I just like was the dishwasher that week okay. or whatever. But as I pulled up to the camp, I'm walking up and, you know, I'm going through a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, this is honestly the last place I kind of want to be right now. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of goody goodies and they don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Whatever. And I pull up and I see my, one of my best friends, Montana Rex. He's now one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. At the time we knew each other because we had played rugby the year before that mm-hmm. uh, on the same team. And so I, I pull up and I was like, oh, well, at least I know somebody. Like I was like really stoked. And I was like, okay, whoa. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to see Montana here. Right. And uh, he just immediately just took me under his wing. And um, he, uh, I believe he was in discipleship at that time. Yeah, and yeah we were doing discipleship together. Right. And yeah. he had, I think recently he had accepted Christ maybe a year before that or yeah, not, something not like that. Yeah, not long before that. Yeah. And so the Montana I knew on and on the rugby team was a totally different Montana from this guy. Mm-hmm. And so it just piqued my interest of like, man, what did what happened to you, man? And uh, so he took me under his wing and that whole week, just him and uh, a handful of other guys just loved on me. And I, I got to see uh, young people following Christ in a very genuine way. It wasn't, because in my opinion, I was like, well, I'll do that when I'm 30. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I'll do when I'm older, once I'm done and get it all out of my system type of thing. And I'm sitting here, I'm seeing guys, Montana's age, 19 years old, guys younger, 15 years old, you know, uh, following Christ like unashamedly. Like, mm-hmm. and it was just really eye opening because mm-hmm. I think the people, the, the other younger people that I knew that were Christians at the time were uh, kind of two faced. Like living very different lives yeah. in the public and in the private. Right. And so uh, in that week, um, the gospel was presented to me by Montana, by you know, a handful of other guys. Like I said, it wasn't new. It just hit me in a different way. It, it, my eyes were open. My ears were ready to hear. Um, and, and the Lord had been softening my heart by breaking me physically, you know, in my physical circumstances. And it just, uh, God gave it to me right when I needed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the end of that week, uh, I remember, um, 
I we were walking back from like a worship night thing that the staff kind of had to go to, and it just all hit me that all the bad things that were happening in my life were a result of my sin and my decisions. And I just pulled a guy aside and I just had to tell somebody. I hadn't told anybody what was going on in my life mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. No one knew. And um, I just told this guy and and uh, just told him, I need something. I think I need to follow Jesus. And he led me through how to actually accept Jesus Christ. And I, I repented of my sin and I gave my life to Jesus Christ on that walk back. Wow. And uh, that guy was actually, at the time I was 18, going on 19. This guy was like 14 or 15 years old. Led me to the Lord. Uh, mm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if anybody knows Connor Philgreen, but that, that kid. Connor Philgreen changed that, your life. That guy, he, God used that guy mightily as yeah. a young man to, to bring me to the Lord. And it, from that moment on, I, my life has changed. Mm. I asked him, you know, I was like, hey, do you guys need help next week? They're like, yeah, sure. And so I was back every week that summer, uh, maybe besides one, you know, for some, some reason. But, uh, God changed my whole life that week. Yeah. How'd you find discipleship? So through that, uh, Montana, uh, as zealous as he was, uh, wanted to invest in me. Uh, and he, he took that really seriously. And so what he would do is he would, you know, when that summer was over, when we weren't seeing each other every week, just how that was, he made it a point to drive from his parents' house in Pleasant Hill to Lee Summit, where I lived at the time, and he picked me up, and we'd drive out here to Midtown. And uh, he did that for t- probably too long. Like, I eventually was like, <laughs> I, I have a car. I, I, can, <laughs> I can drive. You know, I'm just being lazy. But I also just wanted to soak right. up all my time with Montana. Sure. So. Uh, and then through that, um, just getting plugged in here at Midtown, and uh, I got paired with Montana, and, and John Kindler was, our, mm-hmm. was my lead discipler. And, and Montana shadowed John. And so it was a great time, great relationship. I, those guys are like as close to me as blood family. Right. Um, and so I, I owe my life to them. Yeah. So. Man, God's just transformed your life, right? I mean, from that moment of salvation through discipleship uh, up to this point, God has just kept um, you know working on you, giving you new opportunities in ministry to the point where you're at now where you've led Bible study and now you're helping Bible study leaders lead Bible studies. And, mm-hmm. and you're a blessing to this ministry. You're a huge help to me, a huge blessing to me. I'm so, you know, I'm so thankful. Um, I think about it all the time. I'm so thankful for the transformation that I've seen in you from, from when I met you to today. It's just, unbelievable. Um, if I ever, if I ever need my, my faith strengthened, um, I, I just think about that. <clears throat> but, um, man, LFBI has been a huge asset to you as well. Yeah. And you, you've had a love hate relationship at times with, with, with school in general, right? Like, yeah. uh, you kept taking art classes because they weren't math classes. Precisely. Right. So, uh, so I had you several times as a student, uh, yeah. So that you you could avoid taking other classes that you probably needed to take. Yeah. Like, but anyway, so you you never thought of yourself as a studious person, but you've had to become one and take your studies in LFBI seriously. So tell us about why you think you need LFBI and um, how you've learned to become the student that you need to be. Yeah, I think the quick answer is that so uh, I'm not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can take the, the word of God seriously, and I don't have to necessarily just rely on 
what uh, someone else says. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm being taught how to study the Bible, how to uh, allow the Bible to define itself, the context, how to put everything in context and, and use it uh, appropriately. Uh, that's super crucial, especially in today's day and age where you see people um, who you'd, um, you would consider like strong people in the faith uh, being so easily uh, turned away from what they know is right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's, it's due to the fact that the, the roots aren't as deep as they should be. Mm-hmm. And I think LFBI does a really good job at um, helping us establish roots in the Word of God so that we're not tossed to and fro. Yeah. What are some of the things you've had to learn in order to become a good student? Chicago style. Chicago manual style? Whatever. Yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it is honestly, most of it is just the purely like academic things that are brand new to me. Like, yeah. there's a lot of good Bible teaching that's, that's still brand new, and I'm learning things that are like, oh man, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. But then when it really comes down to it, I, I really enjoy that part of it. The, the content. That's you, never you like been the, the problem. Content. Yeah, I love the content. Yeah. You know, I learn about all kinds of stuff just on my own too. That's mm-hmm. not the problem. It's the academic side. Of yeah. I mean, like write an essay. Formatting an essay or even just how to outline one. How or, to do research yeah. properly for like a, sure. a, you know, a essay. And Was freshman orientation helpful? Incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times people think they don't, they think to themselves, yeah, I don't need the freshman orientation course, but they do. First of all, to graduate, they do need it. But why, why was that helpful? For those very reasons, like I was just saying, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like I said, I've been here for 10 years. I've been doing LFBI classes since it started. uh, And I, you know, I couldn't allow my pride to say, don't take yeah, you know, freshman orientation. You're too old for that. Uh, no, I, I knew I knew I needed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I utilized my my friendships with Hannah Hatton and yeah. Nick uh, just so that people that know they, what they're doing and Havla. Yeah, sure. like Havla and Hannah have helped me a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, can you help me? Can you edit this? Can, <laughs> can you make this? Can you help me make this not sound dumb? <laughs> and. Uh, so, but through that process, I've learned a lot. And then freshman orientation was just really direct on how yeah. to do that stuff. Yeah. Well, you've, you've become a good student and you do, you do like to learn. I know that for a fact. You yeah. like reading and, and you're, you're podcast crazy. Yeah. You're one of those guys, but yeah. you like to learn. And, and so um, it's been cool to watch as God transform you, transforms you and makes you into a, a, into a studious person. Yeah. What, what have been some of the most impactful courses that you've taken since being at LFBI that, that have really affected your ministry and the way that you see the Word? Uh, I'd have to say uh, Tony Godfrey's apologetics class. Mm. was It's probably my favorite class I've taken so far. Yeah, And I think because that of what I'd say, I think I am geared towards learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love learning about those things. And I also just, I want to take uh, it serious uh, to be able to say that I have an answer uh, for the hope that is in me, right? Mm-hmm. When someone asks, and um, I think part of that is having a, a good apologetic, and mm-hmm. um, it's not just to win an argument; it's to uh, to win people to Christ. And mm-hmm. if you have um, a really poor apologetic, it really uh, weakens your testimony. Honestly, when you're when you're sharing the gospel, and people have real questions, and I think if people have real questions, you should have real answers. And I think far too often. Uh, we as Christians can sometimes uh, kind of push those off, uh, you know. Rely on old rhetoric and idioms yeah, that we picked up along the way. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and that's not the thing that's going to save somebody. 
but uh, the Holy Spirit working in that person's heart uh, absolutely is going to be, you know, the gospel being presented to them is what's going to, you know, save their soul. But um, you also want to be ready to give an answer, uh, right? And so... um, yeah, I just, I love that. that. Yeah, that's good. It's been really helpful, you know, coming from, you know, working in automotive, a lot of guys who have a lot of really harsh things to say about the Bible and to just confidently be able to refute it without being argumentative and just make it sensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we go, uh, this has been Rich. It's always cool hanging out with Alex. Um, we hang out a lot. Uh, so, but it's good sharing you with with the, the audience, um, the postscript audience. What's your favorite postscript episode? That one that you've you've really enjoyed the most? I think uh, John's done multiple, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, just anyone. I love John. Yeah, yeah, John Kindler. Uh, I try and soak up as much time as I can with him. Yeah, uh, and so um, John, John's a John's a, a licensed counselor and. And uh, he, we've done several episodes together about just um, psychology mm-hmm. and the Bible and and all those types of things, fear, anxiety, grief, these types of topics. And so, yeah, I, like I really love hearing uh, just someone who's also clinically educated, mm-hmm. like he's like it's... He's familiar with the problems. Yes. And yeah. to hear how God has an answer for those through, through his word um, and to hear that mm-hmm. given in that way. I love it. Dude, I love you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for taking the time to share and for being honest about your your background and all the things that God's done in you. Mm. And we want to thank you as well for hanging out with us uh, and, and joining us for this episode of The Shorts. And we pray that, that Alex's testimony would be inspiring to you and um, maybe it would resonate with you. I mean, there's some of you who come from, from hardship or difficulty. Maybe you found yourself in a season uh, just like a- Alex did where you were questioning your faith, questioning whether or not you even knew Christ. Uh, we pray that that his story would remind you that Christ is the solution uh, for our problems and, and he is the one that's the peace giver and, and he's the one that can forgive our sins. And so if you're in that place, man, we want to encourage you, uh, know Christ, put your faith in him, repent of that sin, lay it before him and make him Lord of your life. Um, you'll, never, you'll never regret that ever, ever. Uh, but maybe you're also like Alex in that, that you know, the idea of the academic or intellectual part of, of the uh, LFBI is difficult for you. You think, oh man, man, that's too deep for me. The assignments, the quizzes, the organization that's going to be required of me, those things are hard. And, and so you've put off joining us at the Bible Institute, but we want to encourage you uh, that uh, the God it will walk with you and he'll, he'll make a way. And, and, and there's plenty of help. There's plenty of resources at the school. If you've got questions, you can always reach out to people. And we want to make sure that it's a, a, an impactful and pleasurable experience to learn God's word. And so we want to invite you, visit lfbi.org. If you've got questions, always f- feel free to email us, email our staff, contact us through the website. But in the meantime, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. And we pray that we'll see you and be with you again next week.